Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode of the Indie Diaries podcast. Today with you is your loyal Indie Diarist, Anthony L. Wolf, writer, narrative designer and senior content manager for social media. And uh, today we have a very, very special guest from the Indie Game Development community. If you've followed me on social media, on Twitter, at the Indie Diarist, by the way, uh, you will have heard about his game, Beyond the Long Night, because I tried it at WASD in early April, um, and his name is Steve Hollis. But yeah, without further ado, anyway, let's um, hand it over to Steve. So Steve, tell us a bit more about yourself. Hi, Ant. Uh, yeah, uh, pleasure to be here. Um, so my name is Steve. I am the lead developer um, at a very, very micro studio called Noisy Head Games. Um, and yeah, I've been working on a game called Beyond the Long Night um, for about the past three years or so. Um, and it's just come out as well as of about three days ago. Um, yeah, yeah, that's... that's uh... That's very exciting, and of course the listeners will will listen to this um, a, a bit later compared to when we're recording this one. But yes, we are recording the episode on uh, in the week that Beyond the Long Night came out, uh, and uh, I know Steve has been very busy and all of that. But we'll talk about Beyond the Long Night soon because it's such a delightful little game. And uh, actually, I played um, a few hours of it yesterday night, and uh, pretty much played the part that I played it was plus some more. Uh, oh, so where did you was, get uh, to? Uh, well. I didn't. I, I suppose there are bosses because I've heard the mm. the mountain rumbling and shaking. So, yeah, Siri now <laughs> is trying to. Okay, so a lot of Siri things going. Hear you as well. A lot of things going weird all at once. But yeah, anyway. Oh, um, so um, what I was saying is, uh, I, I I suppose there will be bosses going uh, going further into the mountain or uh, moving mm. upwards. Uh, but I haven't met one yet, and uh, I've just been playing around with some with some combat and finding a lot of different power ups and all of that. That's been a lot of fun. Um, so so yeah, but uh, but yeah. So let's let's start with something simple. Like as a little icebreaker, what is one game that you think everyone should play at least once in their life? Oh, okay. Um, I can only have one as well uh, to give out to people. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, because there's so many, it's a really difficult yeah. question. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it is, it is. But, like, when, wow, I, when, I asked okay. you that, when I asked you that question, but I find that usually when I ask that mm. question, there is one game that pops through your mind straight away. And usually that's the yeah. answer. So, uh, I mean, so, yeah. like, I, the, the one that had the most kind of, like, impact on me in, in recent years, and it's a few years ago now, um, was probably The Outer Wilds, um, just because it's such a good experience, yeah, and it's just, it's it was unlike anything that I'd really ever played up to that point. Um, Limplong. Little service announcement for me, off the record, actually, from this point onwards, we will reference Outer Wilds Quite a bit because we're all big Outer Wilds geeks, which I guess is your cue to go out and play Outer Wilds if you haven't uh, yet. But also, before this episode went live, I recorded and published an, a special episode of the podcast with Kelsey Beecham, the narrative designer of Outer Wilds, which is called Footnote Number One. So if you are into Outer Wilds and want to know more about uh, that game's development, just go back to the podcast episode list and uh, find that one because it's going to be a treat. Now back to the episode. And I, I'm very much a sucker for exploration games. Um, so, 
you know, it just it really ticked all of the right boxes of having mystery um, and just giving you a lot of freedom. Um, you know, I love the fact that it was in kind of very bite-sized segments as well. So it's like 20 minutes, you go and you kind of like go to a certain bit, you kind of explore one line and then it's kind of full reset. So you don't, um, you know, you don't spend, don't feel like you're like spending too much time in any one place and stuff. Um, and yeah, I just, I love the fact that the whole game, you know, if you knew what you were doing, you could complete it on the first run. Um, but because the whole thing is centered around knowledge um, and just kind of the only thing that stops you from progressing anywhere in the game is how much you know and um, how much you've explored. Um, I just think that's like just a genius, genius game. I don't know if it it's for everyone. Um, I know some people who just like bumbled around for 10 minutes and they said like, I just don't get it. <laughs> this is not, this is not <laughs> yeah. for me. So maybe it's not the one that like everyone should play, but that that is probably the 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 game that had the most profound effect on me in yeah. in recent years and then yeah i could just keep going but you said one so like, yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's put it off there because outer wilds is a perfect answer thing. because uh mm. i played outer wilds myself just this month uh it was mm. around the time i went to was so uh and and oh, i finished fantastic. it and uh and those who follow me on social media and follow the podcast they know because i i was tweeting screenshots and doing that stuff and then at the end just sharing some some pictures of that beautiful um uh, when, when that moment when the the credits roll on screen and all of that but yeah. it's it's just so great such a great game yeah. and uh honestly you're not the first person who says outer wilds i think a lot of i think at mm. least i've had at least one or more two more people saying that outer wilds is a great game uh and uh, i totally agree and i agree with the fact that basically knowledge is the only thing that limits you in that game because you could Literally, if you wanted to speed run it, and spoiler for the next 15 seconds or so for those who haven't played Outer Wilds, but if you wanted to speed run it, you could just literally go and grab the core from Ash Twin, then run um, run all the way to, to Dark Bramble, and then you'll just be, uh, just be done with the game, basically. Oh, well, you still have to get the coordinates first. But, like, you could literally end it in an hour or something um if you consider also the ending and all of that so it, it is such a great game love it yeah uh, definitely yeah. it's very unique very like just i don't like there had been games which have like lots of puzzle elements and kind of secrets and mysteries and stuff like yeah. that before but i don't i can't mm-hmm. think of a game before that which i had like i i did hear someone on the internet um describe it as a metroidvania with where instead of power-ups there is knowledge yeah of, i think i think like, it's the kind of yeah. thing and that really does fit yeah um, uh-huh. yeah i so, think yeah. it does fit yeah well I i'm could, not I... surprised that multiple people have brought exactly, it up yeah, yeah. definitely uh, and, and i'm not surprised that uh, a lot of people see different things in it because that's just how mm. outer wilds is um, but yeah, I could ramble on for for ages about Outer Wilds. So let's let's, <laughs> let's have an Outer Wilds podcast. Let's yeah, do let's, it. <laughs> let's, let's do another one. Yeah, I'm more than happy to do it. Uh, but yeah, just uh, I just got like a custom displayed with the Outer Wilds planetary chart that you can see oh, in the fantastic. ship. Just so great. Anyway, let's yeah. move on. <laughs> so, uh, but you did uh, one thing that you mentioned is interesting to me. You said that you like exploration games and you like those kind of puzzle and uh, knowledge based games. So. What games do you remember playing growing up? Were they those kinds of games? And do you think they had an influence on your work? Um, I think I came to um, 
Well, I came to the indie scene quite late, actually. Um, so when I was growing up, I was a... Uh, well, my first game was something called Cosmo's Cosmic Adventure, which I think was um, an Amiga game or something like that. I can't quite remember. Okay, I haven't heard of that, life. but I'm going to Google yeah, it. Yeah, it's very niche, um, but I, it's like a 2D platformer where you play as an alien with like suckers on their hands and you can kind of wall crawl up stuff. Um, and it's very bleepy bloopy. Um, I used to play it on my dad's work laptop when it was very small. Um, well, it looks very colorful, if anything, and it's in Steam. So if yeah, I think yeah. there's been a new um, there's been a new update um, or, or like a new like remaster of it, um, which is really odd because I don't I had never heard of anyone who has like heard of this game other than me, and I can remember going to um, develop, which is like a game developer conference last year, and I met the person who had just done the music for the remake, um, just kind of like at a whim just met met them in 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 the bar at, at uh, develop and i'd asked what they were working on and he said oh nobody's heard of it like there's literally a game you won't have heard of and it's like go on try me and it was cosmos cosmic adventure and i was like i am like the one person <laughs> who knows what this game is <laughs> and i love it well, um so um, yeah so yeah sorry uh, well and the, and, and the topic of that you know um the, there's there's one game that I remember from my childhood which I've never played after play, besides playing the demo, um, mm. and it's called uh, Automatic. It's something like that, and it was like a 3D adventure where you played as a robot in some sort of post-apocalyptic world where you were this this robot trying to um, I don't know maybe maybe bring the, the the world back to life but if, so many years ago it was a demo that i had on my mac when i was probably about seven and i never played that mm. game but i still remember it fondly because i spent so much time on that demo and uh yeah it's, it's just the kind of games that uh you know they they, they taste of childhood so to speak yeah uh, that they have like dripping have with nostalgia feeling. yeah exactly um, um yeah, yeah so like i i was i was more of a um a playstation same yeah. player mm -hmm. um so i had an ungodly amount of 3d platformers um growing up so your classics of like spyro and crash and uh croc and all sorts of um oh i love croc uh, croc was so yeah good. i love croc as well like the music in it in particular is is insanely good um it's really really funky um and it's definitely one of the ones which didn't like blow up like Crash and and Spyro did. Um, but yeah, no, it's a yeah. fantastic little game. Well, about um, Croc, there was like um, I f I follow a couple of people that that talk about games and game design here and there. So yeah, but uh, when it comes to Croc, there was there there is one YouTube channel, uh, and I think it's from a UK YouTuber uh, who used to be a teacher or something, and it's uh, his. YouTube series is called Was It Any Good? Uh, you've probably seen mm. it around. And uh, there was one about Croc, the, fir the very first Croc. And uh, he he pointed out that Croc actually drew, drew a lot of inspiration from a lot of different games. So, like, there was the backpack, which kind of rem rem uh, was kind of reminiscent of Tomb Raider because of the backpack, the, the style of the backpack. And then there was um, all the Crash Bandicoot style of levels. And then there were a lot of different elements of game design that didn't quite come together all at once, but it was still a delightful game, and I totally yeah. agree. Um, so, yeah, but but do you think all of these games, um, 
Not sure if you've replied, if you've answered this. <laughs> no, we, we, we're still we're still making our way to the question. All right, yeah, we're doing we're doing it very right, slowly. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's right, going to yeah, be no, a long go, podcast. <laughs> oh, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I'm sure I'm sure listeners don't mind well, either. But yeah, bumble our way through then, my, yeah, uh, my then, childhood. Uh, <laughs> over to you then. What's uh, what's next? Do you think they did have an influence on your work then? Yeah, I mean, so like, I think um, games like there was when I was growing up, I I wanted to be a, a composer actually more than a game designer. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and I think that was really brought out from games like Croc. Um, and there was another game called Medieval on the oh, yeah. PlayStation Medieval. One. Love that one. Yeah, the, just the music was so good in it. And like to be honest, I think I liked game music. Um, before I actually started listening to any other type of music, um, it was they were the first tracks that really um, uh, I kind of like listened to, and I was like, "Yeah, this is great." Um, <laughs> I don't think but... I ever went out of the game music um, phase because I still listen to soundtracks mm. today. So yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I I I um, went through school wanting to be a, a composer. Um, tried to get into like music tech stuff because I was also a bit techy um, and I ended up kind of doing university doing a very weird degree of uh, music technology and electronics um, which was kind of all over the place really but um, it had we did some interesting stuff but um, it was really at uni and when I started working as well afterwards um, that I started getting into indie games a little bit more and I think that's that natural oh I don't have as much time to like I'm not eight years old anymore and I can't sit in front of the TV for like four hours playing just croc just like repeatedly um, I have to like I've only got like half an hour bursts or like an hour or two in an evening so like I started going towards indie games because you could do them much shorter um, and kind of like beat a game like Limbo or or whatever in a in a few hours, like over a few play sessions. Um, and I think at some point I I realised that hey, um, I quite like techie stuff and I quite like audio stuff, so I should mesh these things together. And um, and I like creative stuff, and what's better place to be creative and techie than games really yeah um so that's kind of how i got into games like as an industry um but like i i think i get like inspired or like i'm influenced by all sorts of different kind of places and games um mm -hmm. you know i think like particularly with beyond the long night there's it's a bit of a soup um there's a little bit <laughs> of a lot of things kind of going into it um so you know there's there's obviously like roguelike um games have kind of fed into it because that's kind of the core mechanic of the game is that it's a roguelike um but you know there's there's little bits of uh games like fez in there there's little bits of the outer wilds in there um oh what, what about I, fez is in there because if, I, I may have not gotten to that part yet but i'm, I'm curious yeah so there's like there is i mean for one the art style is, is oh yeah fairly, of course yeah it's it, yeah 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 i can inspired see that quite heavily by by fairs and and other kind of early um kind of pixel art well not early pixel art but like um early 
uh early pixel art indie art. like <laughs> it's like yeah, the resurgence <laughs> of it once it was like yeah it wasn't a necessity anymore but uh -huh. it's still nice um so like definitely the art style definitely the music as well um is is heavily inspired by the score um to fez um and there is very much a running um puzzle in the game in in beyond the long night um which is supposed to kind of reveal itself to you across multiple runs and um as you play the game um you'll kind of encounter more characters and they'll give hints and and pointers to different secrets that are buried within the game and it's kind of the idea is that every run you go in you can kind of piece together another piece of the the jigsaw and kind of forgive put it me all for together. Forgive, forgive me for giggling, but I can see <laughs> I, I can see outer wilds there quite a lot. Well, like... Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think there is a um, it's not a mis like uh, a coincidence that I played yeah. out while immediately like... before starting work. Well, I was this, going I to ask you, like, w mm. when was it that 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 you played outer wilds, and was it before uh, starting development on Beyond the Lawn? It looks like yes. it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, it was. Yeah. Um, maybe like so. I started working on Beyond Long Night uh, early 2020, um, sort of January 2020, I think. Um, and I believe I played the Outer Wilds in like October, November 2019. Um, I think I, I think it was out then. I played it. <laughs> but I played it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was out in 2019, so you might have played yeah, it at yeah, launch. Yeah. I played it this year, so with a, a mm. four-year delay and, uh, well... I still think I played it at the, at the right time, but you know, there's uh, it's it's debatable, I suppose. But yeah, oh, there's well, it, there's always a right time. Yeah, I exactly, don't think a wrong exactly. Time yeah. Um. So, well, you kind of answered this this question, but I I'd like to frame it a bit differently. So, what was your aha moment when when you realized you wanted to be a game developer? Like, was there a any one moment in your memory that made you say, right, this is what I want to do, absolutely. Yeah, I, de I definitely think it's kind of what I was saying before when I was at, at university, um, because I had been, um, I had been trying to get into writing music, um, mm -hmm. and I was also doing quite a technical degree with programming, and I was mm -hmm. learning how to like build synthesizers and, and stuff like that. And I'd originally been like thinking about getting into film composing, uh -huh. and all of this time I had been playing games, like all of the time, um, like it was one of my big hobbies. And I think I was just sat at my, like playing something at some point and I, it just clicked and I was just like, why haven't I been thinking about this? Like, <laughs> this is like a perfect match of what I should do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should go and do, I should go and try and do audio in this techie field. Um, so that's kind of what I ended up doing. So I, I left uni and I, I, I ended up um, in the audio department at Frontier Developments um, for a good number of years or something, just just after graduating. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it wasn't um, it wasn't a, f a flattering aha moment. I don't think it was mainly just <laughs> I, this has been staring me in the face for for so long. I don't know why I haven't put these two things together. You know, um, I, I can relate. I mean, I don't always uh, tell my personal story here uh, because I think that the podcast is more for the guests that, that come, um, for my guests who come and, and tell their story. But it was 
a very similar thing for me. At some point after playing, it, for me it was a game, after playing To the Moon, I was like, wow, you can actually play, uh, you can actually write great stories that can fit into games and uh, and create some Im- amazing emotions. And I already knew by then that I wanted to do something with writing. Now I'm a content manager, so I, I do that full time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I wanted to do something with creative writing. And to me, at that point, I was like, writing games would make sense. I just never got into it because um, either either you you go indie or it's it's very difficult to actually enter a studio here in the UK specifically, mm. not to mention Italy where I come from, um, where you can be just the game writer. Um, so I, I never quite did it and uh, I did a few things here and there and I still I'm still like a narrative consultant for some people, but I never actually wrote a full game myself. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I did have the same kind of experience. It was like games put together so many of my passions, all the uh, because I love cinema, I love music, and I love stories, of course. And they put all of those three things together. So to me, it also made sense to to, to follow that path. Uh, I still think at some point I will, but uh, you know that's uh, it's great to see that games can be can 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 spark that kind of passion in someone like you, for example, and uh, you just realize at some point it just makes sense to go in and, and develop games as a career because it's what I, I know I would love. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of, as you said, it is the the perfect, like, meshing of, like, all the creative stuff put together, like, with good writing and, and art and music and cinematography and, and uh, programming. It's just got everything in it. So, yeah, I think it does definitely appeal to, like anyone who has like a creative juices going in in several different fields um but yeah i have no idea how you get into game writing either like that is definitely one of those fields that is a little bit of a mystery of, of how people end up there um yeah uh yeah. i think well from what i've heard a lot of people will my need... <laughs> no well, I, I, I think from what i've heard a lot of people need writers in in development teams but they just don't actively look for them because usually it's other people who just pick up the writing bit maybe they're game design they're the game designer or game director or uh, whoever they yeah. can be or an artist who has a flair for writing and then they just just pick up the writing and do it um but uh but yeah it is it is a complicated part of the game development um process to get into uh, but anyway, well, well, we're at 22 minutes of recording and we're still at question four. That's good to be <laughs> <laughs> How many are there? Uh, you don't want to know. So <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> no, well, um, well let, let's move into now more of the technical side of development. So right Ooh, now we've okay. been uh, talking about more personal stuff. But what's the very first mm-hmm. game you ever developed? Not published, uh, because everybody plays around with, with first games at some point, maybe an arcade mm-hmm. or something like that. Do you have any funny memories or fun facts about that experience? Um, so do you mean like games that I made? Um, yeah. That, yeah, that like little prototypes mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So um, as I said, I, I kind of worked in tri- AAA for a bit, um, which mm-hmm. is not like developing your own game entirely, but it kind of gives you a little bit of a knack for kind of programming and stuff um so the the first game i ever worked on was elite dangerous um where i was um an audio programmer on that um but in my spare time i was working on little prototypes and learning how to use unity um and i i 
I worked on a couple. Like one of them did become the base for Beyond the Long Night, although it was very different. And it was about a little, well, I'll say a little character, but at that point it was a little square um, that was in a boat and you were... um, you were exploring underground caverns so um that ended up becoming beyond the long night but it had it was more of a proc gen system where it kind of spit out like funny shaped caves and you moved through them and stuff rather than um in beyond the long night which has got like these different set rooms and you kind of move from chamber to chamber etc um so i worked on that there was also a game which was a pit uh, a pinball platformer that I worked on for pinball a little bit. Pinball platformer, okay. Yes. Like Sonic um, Pinballs, maybe. That kind of was, concept. That there was a basically there was a game that came out which was exactly what I was like trying to work oh, on. Oh no! It looked a lot better, um, <laughs> and I can't remember exactly what it's called. But there is a pinball game, and it's something like something Island Express or or something like that. Um, well, I'm not massively into pinball games. I wouldn't say they're my specialties. So. Yeah, uh, well, the, but, the, uh, but yeah. the idea is you would, instead of it being like a platform room, um, it would kind of, you would perform a platform um, puzzle room, but you would be using pinball mechanics rather than a jump. And that was yeah, kind that of sounds, the Sounds very arcadey, very, very fast-paced yeah. and all of that. Yeah, okay. I can see. Yeah. Um, but as I said, like I worked on it for a little bit and then I saw someone with a really big and very good art team was making this game. And I was oh. like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to do that then. Um, uh. And then um, I also worked on a really rubbish puzzle game, um, which was... Was it a match um, three something? <laughs> it wasn't a match three. Okay. No, it was... I was trying to do something with um, with like light and um, kind of like using light as the main mechanic and there would be kind of mechanics where you would like pick up um kind of objects from far away and like move them around with like light beams and there would be refraction and reflection and stuff in it and it just i don't think i ever managed to think of like a good puzzle mechanic like i thought of yeah, the that, idea of like that, that oh like fun and... and interesting but also big nightmares <laughs> yeah exactly and it's very complicated as well like doing the math for um for reflection and refraction and and stuff like that and i think for a someone who was just learning unity at the time is just like this is a bit much, Probably a bit also, too much. Not, <laughs> the the puzzle it just isn't interesting or fun either so that one that one ended in the bin as well like yeah quite early on yeah well <laughs> uh, <laughs> as as many as as many ideas and uh, do in exactly, the very first yeah. early stages i suppose so yeah mm. um now onto something a bit more a bit deeper i w- i suppose why are you a game developer what what drives you forward mm, that is an interesting question um i think you have to be a little mad to do it like um as certainly as like a, a solo or like very small team indie <laughs> um so i think there's a little bit of that um and I so I I had a very profound moment I think when I was growing up, which was um, I used to write music um, 
while I was at school and stuff. And I think there was one time where I wrote... I wrote some music for a school band or school orchestra to perform and stuff. Um, and to be honest, it was it was extremely cool and profound to see something that you had made kind of be presented or performed or whatever to other people. Um, and I think there's just nothing quite like making something that then somebody else picks up and gets a lot of enjoyment out of like it's a very weird feeling um but it's incredibly cool um and so i guess i've kind of been chasing that feeling a little bit um with making games because you know it's it's very cool being creative but when you can like be creative and then someone picks it up and they say hey this was a really nice thing or this had a profound effect on me that's just that's just really nice to hear um so yeah i think it's that yeah you know like all those people who go to mobius um digital all the time and say oh outer wilds changed my life and again we're back mm. to outer wilds but you know it's not we are we are doing the outer wilds podcast we are doing the well, to be fair, I was planning to do uh, an episode later down the line. We'll see. We'll see. Will you? Oh, well, let's just do it now. Let's just do it now. Yeah. Too, but this, this, this episode's already going to be twice as long as all yeah, the normal Yeah, that's true. Ones, right? yeah. So we'll just, we'll just bash it in. Let's do it. Yeah, but like, like Outer Wilds, there's a lot of other games that I can think of. Like To the Moon definitely changed my life in the sense that it changed my perception of games. I, uh, I need to play that. Uh, my my um, my partner's got that, and we I've been looking at it Um it's kind of in our Steam library of things to uh, play together, yeah. and I've always kind of like thought, oh, we'll get around to it. Well, if, well, if you have to it play like it together, <laughs> if you have to play it yeah. together, be be ready because you may need a lot of tissues. Uh, and, and oh, really? Yeah, and, uh, okay. No, I think I've, I've I've been convinced just by the number of times you've mentioned it on here. So which is just no which is twice, and it's still fewer than Outer Wilds. So <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, so well. Um, as we are in the deep uh, part of the podcast, why did you choose to go indie? When when you moved from Frontier to, to, to going indie, what was the main reason? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, so I, I guess I got to a point in AAA, and I, I have to say that um, I actually really enjoyed being in AAA, there is something extremely fun about working with people on something big. Um, and, you know, I worked with really good people as well. Um, I think my problem is I was enjoying it a little bit too much. Um, and I could see myself staying there for a really long time. And I had always had this little niggle um, of wouldn't it be great to like make something yourself and 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 kind of present it to the world i guess um wouldn't it be great to kind of like build something over a long time um and it just be like it's your it's your creative voice or whatever rather than it being like a part of a big hole um and that that was really growing for a while like over multiple years and stuff and i think I just came to the decision that, you know, I could either stay in the AAA industry and this is what I do and it's good, it's fine, it's very enjoyable and stuff, but 
if I do want to like do something quite mad and um, give it a go, then doing it kind of became the right time to do it, I guess. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, 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 as I said, like while I was at um, uh, my full-time job, I wasn't playing many AAA games by that point. I was mostly playing things by small teams um, because they were smaller, they were shorter, they Mm -hmm. had more variety in them. They were just like this big mesh of interesting mechanics, which were bite-sized and you could kind of play through through a couple of uh, play sessions and stuff. So I think I'd start to really admire some of those games and the people who worked on them as well so it just felt very appealing to Mm -hmm. give it a crack i think yeah and i'd say it's uh it's going well so far because beyond the long night is definitely delightful and uh and now we can actually start talking about your game (laughs) 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 Uh, what game is that again (laughs) uh, so uh, about beyond the long night what Yes. What prompted you to start development on the game? What was the spark that inspired you to do it? Besides playing that game, we've already mentioned a few times. Yes, of course. So, um, yeah. So the the main, the core of Beyond the Long Night from the start was um, to build a roguelike where you could progress along a puzzle line or an objective line um, across multiple runs. Um, that was basically spawned from me playing a bunch of roguelike games and not really knowing what to do after I'd beaten like a run, so beaten like the final boss. Um, because I wasn't the kind of gamer who would play again just to see kind of what other upgrades and items I would mm-hmm. get yeah. um, or what other characters. I kind of always wanted a little bit more of a hook to kind of keep me going um and there was one game which you will have heard of called ftl uh oh yeah which... i know ftl i haven't played it but I yeah i i played that a lot like a, a lot more than any of the other kind of roguelike games i played at the time and i was just wondering well, what what is it about ftl that keeps me coming back where the other ones whenever i get to the end i kind of stop and i realized that one core thing for me personally um as a player of like other genres and kind of um like adventure games and stuff is like one of the other big genres that i play um i've there's a system in ftl where when you're doing a run you'll occasionally come across a character who will give you a side objective and it kind of gives you this extra little thing to work along to um while you're doing the main part of the run and then if you complete the side objective you'll unlock a new ship and then you can go again in the new ship and stuff and i just found myself playing to do all of those like that was the main reason i was playing is i i wanted to go in um find the side objective and do that and that was Mm -hmm. my main kind of goal in the game not to say like the, the rest of the game is amazing as well like it's an incredible game um but I, that's kind of what I got drew to. So I thought, okay, so what what would happen if we take that idea of, of there being these kind of side objectives, which are actually something a little bit larger? So it's not just one side objective, but it's uh, a whole kind of 
objective line that's in the background that you can kind of work towards over the course of multiple runs. Um, and that was that was basically the core idea of Beyond the Long Night and and what um, fed into the game from the start. And it's that's always really been the core the way through. Um, so the the game itself has has gone through a couple of changes. Um, it certainly changed art style at one point. It, it also changed from being this game underwater to this game um, being in caves where you fly around, which is what it is today. Um, but that core concept of this is going to be a, a roguelike where um, you have a kind of secondary objective path to do um, as you try to get to the end of the run. Mm -hmm. That's always been been there. Um, and I can see it yeah. even in just in the, in the first few hours, I can see where that comes from. I mean, uh, where you're coming from, because that's uh, that's very much uh, something I've noticed. There are all these little side characters that show up here and there. There was like a kid next to a next to a well. Uh, and uh, then there was the, the security guard that tells you, oh, no explorers up there. Please don't go up there. Well, d d if you want, you can go, but please don't explore. That's forbidden. I thought that was genius. Uh, but there's definitely, <laughs> there's definitely some character in in those characters, and uh, I liked I liked that part of it already. So I'm definitely going to play more. Um, I think I think there's a sweetness and some sort of contemplative mood to be on the long night. I've had this feeling in, in my first few hours, and even just it was, it felt like it was so sweet, uh, even though it's so ominous. You're inside caves and all of that. And even though you're in some rooms, there's a lot of frenetic action. And I, I really like that. But where does that feeling come from? And I like that even while thinking about this this question, I put in brackets outer wilds. So I think I kind of knew that. It's not outer wilds, actually. <laughs> okay, you, know what? Okay. you know what? I don't think that is the answer for All it. All right. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more. Um, yeah, I think like the the dialogue um is more inspired by games like undertale and cave story than um than things like the outer wilds actually um and yeah i think so weirdly like the the dialogue i i always wanted it to not be too serious um to to mm -hmm. kind of not to be a bit more playful um but i'm also drawn to games where there is a bit of a sweet side um and there's also a, an extremely weird and dark side as well to them as well so that 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 kind of that style of characters and and games always appealed to me as well um so i think that's kind of where i started from um with beyond the long night itself i the story itself and the characters kind of emerged in a very weird way or maybe this is the way other people do it i don't know but i definitely started with the game mechanics first so okay um i kind of had a world and i was like okay so you're going to be this character in this world and then um we'll do some minor spoilers or something for beyond the long night but um there is a mechanic in the game called the storm which is this uh kind of red rising corrupting force that chases you as you um explore through the mountain um so that mechanic was basically one that i came up with because i thought all right i need a way to stop players from being able to explore the entire map every run um, i want them to have to make some decisions about 
where they're going, kind of plan their route out. And then when you get really good at the game and you kind of understand where the storm starts, where it kind of spreads to, you can kind of beat the game in in some ways by being able to explore a lot more of the map than you will have done in in the first Mm -hmm. few runs that you do, for instance. but that mechanic was just born solely out of i need a mechanic to do this and then um from that uh it was in the story side it was like okay how do we justify this like what's an interesting way to kind of justify this thing that's going to come through the mountain and 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 kill you if you spend too long in it um and really that's kind of like how a lot of parts of the the game or the story kind of fell out it was um starting with those mechanics then thinking okay what's an interesting way to kind of um justify these in the world um and then building from there um i see yeah i think i saw the the storm mechanic is it the red storm the one that uh yeah that that damages you as you as you go through yeah 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 yes Um, yeah 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 of course, I, I supposed that uh, at some point you will understand a way to get past that storm without being damaged. So at that point, you can explore even more. Um, so that, uh, or maybe there are other there are ways def- to, to to circumvent the storm. There are there are definitely ways and 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 some interesting mechanics that fall out of Perfect. the storm for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, what is one thing? You wish every player got from playing Beyond the Long, Long Night. Maybe is there a key message, something, a feeling, even? Um, I mean, I think, I think if people enjoy themselves, is the main one, Perfect. really. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like I, so there is, you know, there is w- what I think is deeper stuff in the narrative, um, and there is kind of some kind of messages which came out of the game or at least that i see from kind of different parts of the message and so some of them interestingly like i were not really intentional but like after i'd kind of like put things together i was like i, I kind of see it it this finger's kind of come out of it and i think that's really mm. interesting so i kind of tweaked bits of dialogue here and there to kind of uh, to fit classic, that. Uh, classic classic case of bugs becoming a feature or just yeah, yeah exactly then, yeah. <laughs> okay um but you know i think like i i don't i don't want to really sit here and, and tell people what they should feel mm-hmm. from, the, <laughs> yeah. from the narrative side or anything uh, like that i think it will mean different things to different people perfect you know? yeah it's, it's a um, great answer in, in any case so yeah uh, and uh, one last just, question. Just fun. Just yeah, fun. Exactly. Just fun. Yeah, just okay. fun. Just one last question around Beyond the Long Night. What is your fondest memory from Beyond the Long from developing Beyond the Long, long Night so far? Mm. I know it may be a tricky question, but is there like there was was there a moment specifically that you remember fondly? Yeah, I think so. The the one that comes to mind and the one that that really sticks out. Um, so as 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 I said, it's it's really lovely seeing people play the game and get invested enough to like particularly get invested enough to do some of the the secret hunting and to complete the the objectives because it is hard um, and some of the puzzles uh, take a little bit of figuring out to to kind of put together so it's 
it was very cool seeing um like yesterday or the day before um that someone had reached the good ending of the game for instance because that's that's not an easy thing to do and it takes time and mm-hmm. the fact that someone's invested that time is exceedingly cool yeah. um so there's there's kind of that um but as i yeah sorry as as i said people playing the game and enjoying it is is lovely to see and there was a particular channel called alexa um who the roguelike content uh, creator mm-hmm. um and he did like a four-part series on the alpha of the game um, which was really really lovely like a, it was one of my favorite playthroughs of the game that i've seen mm-hmm. um because yeah it he seemed to genuinely be enjoying it for one oh, which is yeah. really good <laughs> of course, that helps. um which really helps um and yeah it it was just a really cool playthrough where um he discovered like some of the secrets in the game and he found things in an interesting order and oh, that's kind great. of figured yeah. out some of the secrets and stuff which was very cool to see but uh, the we, we're still like okay so sorry my my answers are very long oh no we, it's we fine yeah I think, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> that wasn't it either so oh, right okay um, all right so what 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 <laughs> i'm what intrigued the, what the, the thing that was really cool so he said that he was taking the series off um, because he was going to return to it when it came to 1.0 um so he kind of said that in a community post and in that community post there was just there was a lot of comments like maybe 50 to 100 comments of just people just saying really nice things about like the series um kind of the playthrough and the game and stuff as well um and particularly at that time before we'd like released or anything like that you know when you're making something in a bedroom that you only show to people like occasionally and they've not seen the full thing and then you kind of work on it a bit more it, it it's very rare that you kind of get big piles of feedback like that um and that was just like that was just a really nice kind of happy place to go into of, of uh seeing a lot of people get invested in it um so yeah, yeah i think it's, it's extremely weird it's a common answer I, i'd say i mean oh is it yeah. okay <laughs> uh, not, not this long i suppose but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i could have probably said that in, um, like... no but i mean i, I spoke yeah to... when people are nice <laughs> it's, it's yeah you know when, when people are nice and they like my game yeah I like that uh, yeah that's great no but Next i mean I, I spoke to <laughs> i spoke to the developer i don't know if you played silt but like when you mentioned uh no not yet uh but but you know the game is similar right okay Okay. yeah it's underwater exactly and when you mentioned that you wanted to make beyond the long night underwater that came to mind but actually i interviewed the developers of silta just recently for episode seven and one of the things that they said is the most beautiful thing is when your game is out there and it lives in other people's minds and uh, some people care enough to actually look into it and try and understand it and invest some time and care in trying to understand what the game is really about. And I think that captures that uh, that sentiment very well. Uh, I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, the, the developers of Silt also sound a lot more um, better with words. Uh, <laughs> <a lot more. laughs> make it sound a lot nicer and, and a lot more shorter and stuff. Well, I went on well, a 10-minute... Well, 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 this is the condensed version that I use for an audiogram, but yeah, it was, that was the, the gist of it. So. 
I suppose. Oh, I hope you weren't hoping for any condensed bits of this one. <laughs> I'll find some condensed bits, believe me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. So, I, so uh, I guess we can we can now wrap up uh, or start wrapping up. And I have a bit of a fun question for you. Um, oh, fantastic! Imagine writing a letter to yourself, but ten years younger. What would you say? This question throws a lot uh, of people what? into crisis mode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pardon? Yeah, no, this question throws a lot of people into panic mode because it, it is a tough yeah. question, but feel free to take all the time you need to answer it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's very... What would I say to me 10 years ago? Um, what was I doing 10 years ago? How old am I? I don't even know. Like, what, what, where are we? <laughs> Well, I think that's uh, um, yeah, that's that, that's. A I good think answer. that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. Let's, <laughs> let's just go. Okay. Let's... <laughs> just just keep just keep doing. Yeah, just keep just keep doing. Just keep going. It's all it's all fine. It'll all be fine. Don't mm-hmm. worry. That, do you think you were in uh, in AAA development already ten years ago, or were you just? Yes, starting? I would have been. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've just been starting. So I guess like at that point, um, I would have been extremely rubbish programmer um and i would have been annoying a lot of people um in the frontier coding department at, at how absolutely dreadful i was at the stuff um so maybe just keep so i guess maybe just keep going just and get, keep, it'll be fine you you will learn yeah, yeah you will learn programming but that just seems like such a rubbish thing to send like to use that power of being able to send a letter back 10 years ago and to just use it to be like it's fine you'll get better at coding like that's rubbish. Like, <laughs> but awful. I think I think I think it works. Well, imagine receiving a letter from yourself ten years in the future. Uh, then yeah. I guess I guess that's what you would like to hear. Uh, just keep going; it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, an just even like, tougher you, question we'll... to wrap up. Okay, brilliant. If you had unlimited budget and time, what game would you create? Um. So wow. Okay. I do well. I have an idea for for the next game, but I'm not ready. Not ready to share it. And the, I guess it's a good thing that um, I my head immediately still went to that. Um. But yeah, I've been been thinking on game two for a while. Let's try to think of other things then. Um. So yes. Um. Unlimited budget and time. I still think I'd make something small. Um, I think it's still nice to work on something for a few years. Um, I don't think I want to be working on the same game for the rest of eternity. Um, that sounds like the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> to, <laughs> to be honest, but it's it's um, the most beautiful thing that a lot of people that come onto this this podcast say the same thing. Uh, not everyone, mm. not everyone, of course. Some people they'd want all to do... make them a morphica. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> some people would like to do an MMO. I think uh, so, yeah, someone yeah. did say that at some point. But I did have some people say we would just do the same thing, but maybe a bit bigger. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know. I think I like so. I'd I'd love to hire people. I think is mm. is really what what I would like to do. Like I, I. I'm not an artist by trade, for instance, and I'd love to be in a position where I could could hire artists and I could hire more people to kind of mm-hmm. like work with because it's 
um yeah working with people is great um and i don't don't do enough of it i do work with two people on on beyond the long night but they they kind of moonlight it um they're both uh sound designers so um we kind of get um, a meeting every week and we met up for like the first time in like two years um a few days ago and stuff like that so (laughs) um so yeah i mean it, it would be great to be able to to actually yeah I guess I guess work working with more a, people. yeah b- building a team and all that but I think it's the fact that a lot of people answer in a similar way uh maybe it's a testament mm. to the fact that you guys are really doing what you like to do like you you, you don't yeah. need to do the next call of duty or the next triple a big blockbuster hit for a number of reasons because if that fails then you have to lay off a couple of people but then <laughs> more than a couple of people um yeah. but uh, but but it just shows that what you're doing is exactly what you would like to do and uh, you're exactly where you should be in this specific moment of your life uh so i think that's that's really powerful right yeah, so i couldn't agree more you dropped a hint there about you already thinking about your next game can you tell me more about that one even just a little bit what is it going to be another roguelike something Ooh. completely different no, probably something completely different, actually. Um, so I still think that, like, I, I say next game, like, we're still a little bit of a ways from working on that, I think. Um, there's still more to do in Beyond the Long Night, even though it is out. Um, but I think I'm not quite ready to put my pen down on Beyond the Long Night just yet. Yeah. So I think there is there's more that I would like to add. Um, so it will be a little bit, but um, no, I... I'm one of these people who doesn't super love sequels. Uh-huh. Um, I always quite like it when a film or a game or a book or anything really is just kind of like a, a singular thing and then it can just be enjoyed as what it is. I, Yeah, I'm not a big fan of like the 10-part TV series oh, that kind same. of like dribbles yeah. off and then like just just ends in mediocrity when it should have like finished. Yeah. like six seasons before and totally finished agree. on a high like i much much prefer a thing as a thing so yeah Quality i think beyond the long night is yeah. yeah exactly so i think beyond the long night is is its thing i i still want to like add some more like some more content some more upgrades and and enemies and rooms and puzzles and stuff to to beyond long night um but yeah, I'm thinking of uh, hopping genres a little bit. Right. So yeah. Oh, that it that will be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Okay. Well, then one last question for you: um, Where can other people find you? And if they do, how can they support you? And I suppose, of course, buying your game. But there must be something else. Yep. That's a that's a big one. Buying the game. Um. So you can find us at Noisy Head Games uh, on Twitter. Um. You can find a very badly updated website at noisyheadgames.com. <laughs> I think I probably need to update that. Um. But yeah, the main place to find us is on Twitter and um on our Discord, which is linked on our Twitter as well. Um. And yeah, to support us. Um by beyond the long night um the soundtrack as well um which is written by by me that is on uh, steam as well um and yeah i think that's that's really the best place to go and best place to support us is on steam best place to talk to us is on twitter and discord perfect 
Yeah, and uh, I think that's it for for this episode of the Indie Podcast. Thank you, uh, the Indie Diaries Podcast, even. So thank you so much for your time, Steve. It's been lovely speaking to you. Uh, this is definitely going to be the longest episode yet, and uh, the title I, is going to be a fun. I apologize to the uh, to the listeners. Sorry. It's it's <laughs> it's absolutely rambling. fine. I'm sure a lot of people will love it. And uh, of course, the title of this episode is going to be something about roguelikes, the creativity, and all that, and a lot of outer wilds because it has yes. to be that. So yeah, that's that's my promise to you. But thank you so much for your time again. Uh, lovely chatting to you. And uh, yeah, best best of luck with Beyond the Long Night. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap on yet another episode of the Indie Diaries podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Steve for being such an amazing guest through and through. It's been one of the most fun episodes of the show, but not the longest, because that one is the episode with Kelsey Beecham, narrative designer of Outer Wilds, which is strangely very relevant to this episode too. So it seems like whatever, whenever Outer Wilds is mentioned, long episodes follow or something like that. So um, if you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the show. You can find me on pretty much all the major podcasting platforms. And please also follow on Twitter um, at the Indie Diaries because that's currently the only way to support the show, although more ways will soon come uh, in the near future. Also, we now have a Discord server, so you can also find uh, a link to the Discord server on the IndieDiaries.com, um, which is uh, the new website landing page that I created just recently, which contains all the relevant information that you need to know about the podcast. Lastly, if you are an indie game developer yourself, please get in touch because I would love to hear from you and to feature your story on the show. So until next time, travelers, I'll speak to you, see you, don't know, in the next episode of the Indie Diarist Podcast. <laughs>